Yes, welcome in everyone, and this is the full 10 yards NFL podcast. Me in the hot seat today, me quarterbacking. Uh, Sean is uh, he's a bit busy tonight, so he uh, he can't come and uh, commandeer the ship. But I've got two guys in the huddle that will uh, help me get to remember how to, uh, to how to host a podcast because I might have forgotten. <laughs> Who knows? It's been a, it's been a while since I've done it. But anyway, we're welcoming <laughs> them in. You'll know Steve. Uh, he's been doing this for the last couple of weeks. So Steve, welcome you in. Obviously, a lot of uh, action over the last week in terms of trades to talk about, and uh, obviously one of your, your your team was involved in that. So was that was that good or a bad thing to see? Yeah, I was I was actually in the on a Zoom call with work when it dropped, so I didn't even know it happened. And then all of a sudden, I was getting all kinds of messages saying that the Eagles had traded. So yeah, it was a, uh, a bit of a surprise. I didn't think they'd do anything this soon. I thought they might wait till draft night. But yeah, excited yeah. to see them. something to talk about. So yeah, I'm all for it. Well, absolutely, yeah. It was a bit of um, was a bit of a m- mental down Friday, wasn't it? And say so we do have uh, 14yards.com, Lee, and and some of the guys from the 14 Yards crew did kind of put their thoughts down on paper on the on the fallout from those Friday trades. And as you can see on the t- on the topics there on the bottom left hand side of your screen, that's the kind of thing will be the first topic of business. But um, you know, two for the price of one, Andy. You got two trades on the Friday, being a Miami Dolphins fan. And um, but yeah, apart from that, how are you doing? Obviously, you you know, second shift for you with uh, doing the college pod just what an hour ago. That's it, mate. Yeah, all good, thanks. Um, I mean, it was like an absolute crazy on Friday, wasn't it? We'll get into that in a minute. But just to say, man, like draft season, it's just like hot take central, isn't it? Just can't can't move on Twitter without seeing somebody just like sticking it out there just in case in, in, in nine months' time they happen <laughs> to accidentally be right. It's just yeah. one of those where you either love it or you hate it or you just mute it, don't you? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's good fun. Yeah. Cold freezing takes, uh, Twitter handle going in overdrive, noting down all everyone's takes. Uh, yeah, my, my one's going to be... Um... Justin Fields QB one, but there we go. We'll uh, we'll move on to that maybe in the in the off season. Um, yeah, like I say, yeah, we've got a couple of uh, not not too much news. Obviously, but it's just in the build up to the draft. One thing I will point out, Andy, really enjoying uh, some of the, the content you've been putting out actually with the wide receivers and stuff, and we have been tweeting tweeting that as well. So make sure if you haven't already, if you want to learn about some wide receivers, boombusters, and you know who's the wide receiver one, and and all the other good stuff, uh, Andy's been doing a, a heck of a job uh, on that as well. So go and check that out. But yeah, we'll also be talking about obviously the seventeenth game has been confirmed uh, by the NFL. We did say uh, a couple of weeks ago that that would p- probably be the, be the case this season. Um, yeah, and we'll, we'll, we will have a look at the breakdown of all the games because it seems it's divisions at divisions. So uh, plenty of games to get our teeth into and kind of breakdowns. We'll, we'll pick our favourites. And then, yeah, obviously the NFC East was the worst division in 2020. So we're going to have a little kind of ponder of what, what could be, whether the NFC East will repeat or whether maybe uh, there's a, a sleeper pick in there in terms of what, what division will be absolute turd uh, next year in 2021. And then, yeah, with the news, Alistair Kirkwood stepping down from his role uh, over at the NFL UK. Obviously, he's done a sterling job over the past two decades. So we're going to pick out our favourite favourite in international series moments. Uh, give him, obviously, a big thank you as well. Look at his legacy, what he's done uh, for the game, and just you know, give him a bit of a round of applause. Not quite the NHS on a Tuesday at 7 o'clock or whatever it is, but we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll give him a round of applause anyway because uh, I think he deserves it being an, an NFL fan in the, in the UK. And then we'll kind of lead on to, you know, kind of, Peel back the curtain a little bit, and we'll give you kind of what, what teams and other sports that we like to follow. What teams we, you know, we 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 passionately kiss the badges of, or you know, I'm not necessarily a big team sport person apart from uh, NFL, but I, I like a couple of other single sports. So we'll go through our favourite players, our favourite teams, just to kind of so you get to know us just that little bit more. But then, then gents, let's get to it for the Friday fallout as Lee dubbed it over on fourteenyards.com's uh, website. Uh, a couple of trades involving Miami Dolphins going back and up and down, like. 
a yo-yo. Um, first, the 49ers came calling, Andy, didn't they? Um, you know, number three overall, they've they've traded up to to get the, uh, the when the dust has settled, uh, giving the Dolphins at the time at number 12 overall, uh, and then a couple of first rounders over the next two years, and then a third rounder as well. Uh, we, first, Andy, I know I'll come to you at the end to talk about both both deals and uh, whether you liked both or whether you liked one or the other, but were you surprised that the Dolphins uh, were traded back from, from three overall? I know they've you know, there's not really too many things there. They don't need a quarterback. They took two last year, didn't they? But um, any surprise at all from you that they moved back or even moved back as far as they did in, the, in this deal? Uh, yeah, a little bit in terms of how far they moved back. I thought we were looking at a Carolina sort of job, and, and that's obviously why it's so interesting that we came back up uh, above those teams. But we'll, we'll touch on that in a minute. But yeah, in terms of the, you know, I I thought that kind of deal with San Francisco was there to be made, but I thought it would almost be a, a last resort sort of thing. But the, the kind of haul that the 49ers gave up for it, I mean, it's just it just seems like good business from Chris Greer. Like you said, we, we don't need to be in that quarterback hunt. Um, yeah, and it just looks like the Jets are, are going to go down the Zach Wilson route. So if you've got that kind of QB3 sat there and, you know, those other teams are going to come battle for it, then then maybe, you know, it's just good to good to be ahead of the game and get the, be- get the best offer you could do a, a month out. And I mean, like three first round picks, uh, just, you know, just really good business. And obviously all that stemming from that Laramie Tunsil trade a couple of years ago. And, and, and that has kind of just proved to be absolutely fantastic business by Chris Greer and Cohen. Yeah, it's it's all just Miami have obviously got to convert those picks now into into like huge contributors. But yeah, I mean just just sensible business and yeah, and you know it worked out well in the end with where we ended back up. Mm. Yeah, some people obviously that would like poking the bear may obviously argue that they are in the QB market, but I won't. Uh, I won't go too, <laughs> too. I won't go too into depth into into, uh, into that one. But uh, I suppose it, yeah, it does help when you've got a QB class as you know seemingly as deep as, as this one, and you've I suppose looking at you know Miami's needs on the face of it, um, it helps that there's a lot. There's a strong wide receiver uh, class, and obviously you've got Carl Pitts there, who's technically a wide receiver anyway. But um, you know with that trade, then you know the second domino because a uh, consequence of that the butterfly effect if you will uh, steve your team uh, got a bit involved didn't they and um you know traded with with the dolphins the dolphins taking six uh, from the eagles uh, you know the eagles going back six spots um and then kind of swapping a couple of picks this this year and then you know giving the uh you know, giving the Eagles one of your you know, the plethora of of Miami Dolphins first round picks that they have uh, over the next couple of years. Um, were you happy? Were you happy from a Philadelphia Eagles perspective, or are you you quite sad the fact that you're unlikely to get Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts now? I think that that sums it up right there. In that that sentence at the end is now that the Eagles are now wanting the hunt for the what for one of either Chase or, or Pitts, and and either one of them uh, are going to be projected to be a generational receiving talent. You know whether it's tight end or wide receiver, um, and it's disappointing to know that that we're not going to be in the position to draft either of those. Um, and if you believe some of the some of the noise around the league, there's a lot of talk to suggest that um, the, f- the first four or maybe within the first four or five picks, depending on what Atlanta and, and Cincinnati do, maybe trading back, it could four of those could be um, quarterbacks. So at six, which is where the Miami now are, they could be have their pick of the non-quarterback class, which is which is a plethora of of of, of generational talents across various positions. But I think once you get out of the top ten to twelve, the drop off is quite significant in terms of first round talent. So I'm glad that we didn't go back too far. Twelve is still a good place. And looking at some of the talents that the Eagles could pick up there, a couple of cornerbacks have been mentioned in the in the name of sort of. 
Patrick's return. Um, but the only downside is they're now behind divisional rivals in, in New York and, and Dallas. They both pick directly in front of, of Philadelphia. So that could that come back to haunt them? You know, uh, I, I, I don't know. I It is disappointing. Obviously, they, they are now in full rebuild mode. They're absolutely in full, full tear it all down and start again rebuild mode because if they weren't, they would have stayed six and picked there and taken a chase or a or a um or a pit or even a sewell maybe um but now they're they're stocking for the future and it was interesting that the pick that they traded with miami was miami's first as well not the san francisco first so that suggests to me that miami's confident that they're going to be at least a playoff team this year because then that pick will be in the 20s somewhere and then that's not as high as say like like where miami ended up getting houston's pick which was number three overall um so yeah, on the one hand, it's disappointing, but it's always good to see, you know, planning for the future because Philadelphia are now potentially going to have three first rounders next year, depending on Carson Wentz's play in Indianapolis. The Eagles could have three first round picks, and no one else in the league's got three, so that could be huge. But again, Harry Roseman, he doesn't draft very well, so you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other. Mm, yeah, certainly. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think I'll be watching the draft next year. Then if they're picking three times, but it's all right. You got Jalen Rager. You got Jalen Rager again in the slot. You're all right. It's fine. Apparently, <laughs> um, yeah, that's one for the off season. Um, but yeah, obviously, Andy. Um, your game. Yeah, were, were you surprised at the second trade at all to go back up to six? I, I, I suppose in your mind, then that kind of get that. You know, I suppose you've been hypothesising who you've gone back up for, and, and like we mentioned, it helps that. Um, you know, with so many quarterbacks that will be going early, you're going to get you know a need obviously for Miami. He's a wide receiver. I know they've got Kasiki at tight end as well, but Carl Pitts, you know, he's been dubbed as pretty much a wide receiver anyway. So I think it's it's, it's pointless, you know, pigeonholing him into into a t- making him a tight end and, and all the rest of it. But um, happy with the second one to, to move back up, and you, were you happy with the price you had to pay for that you know, being relatively little? It's an interesting one because, I mean, I, I didn't think we'd do it once. Once the first one had happened, I thought that was it. We're going to sit. We're going to sit there, and we're going to we're going to take whatever falls to us, and, and just kind of play the board that way, and maybe jump up one or two slots based on who's available on, on draft night. Uh, but but like Steve, like Steve said, first and foremost, like shows that the Dolphins completely back themselves, uh, flipping uh, our pick role in the 49ers. So that's like really interesting, and to me, it shows. Everyone's going to going on about Pitts or Chase. I don't think that the Dolphins want either of those guys uh, at this point. I think they want one of the Bama guys. I think that's why it makes sense to go back there because you know that there's a strong chance that the Bengals are going to take uh, Jamar Chase. If, if he was really your guy, you'd have stayed at three to make sure you got him. You know that if you were after Penn saw, then the Falcons very much could solidify that line. Or again, the Bengals really need to, to block for Burrow. So he's going to be gone. I don't think Pitts will go there. I, I think I think Pitts makes a lot of sense to go there. But I think Miami likes what it's got in Mike Kaziki. Um, you know, one of the probably the, the most reliable target they had on offense last year. I know there's the whole talk about the two tight end sets and stuff like that. But I think for me, it's going to be it's going to be uh, Smith. Uh, it's, it could be Waddle. Um, if, if Smith's already gone, I think they're really going to put all the stock that they can into chemistry with Tua. He knows both guys already. He's played a lot with Devonta Smith, obviously through that uh, that absolutely fantastic touchdown in the, in the national championship where he came in and relieved Jalen Hurts, sorry Steve, at halftime for, for Bama. But it just makes perfect sense to me that's what's going to happen because even if uh, you can't see you can't see uh, Atlanta going wide receiver there with the kind of stock they've already got. So even if... Uh, 
for some reason, the Bengals went for Smith. Waddle still sat there. They're confident of getting either of those Bama guys. And, and that, for me, just makes perfect sense. But I will also sit back and say that I'll be absolutely fine with Pitts or Chase there. And we broke that down a lot on the Dolphins pod I did last night. And, it, and everyone seems to be fully behind Pitts. And I can and I get why. But I just don't think the Dolphins are, are going to do that. Mm, yeah, obviously Pitts there. Uh, was he? He was skaters, wasn't he? Yeah, Pitts. Yeah, 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 so obviously Florida, Miami, so yeah, he's not gonna have to move too far if he does. And Brian Flores, was he um, was he in New England with the Gronk and Hernandez uh, duo as well? Yeah, 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 yeah in the scouting People. department, then yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. uh, there's also the kind of uh, the, the point that the, the Dolphins are just gonna uh, just need to put anything around to her, so it must be so clear and obvious that they're gonna go for an offensive weapon there that it just feels to me that um, that they needed to get back up above, uh, like Detroit, probably who. If they're in on Jared Goff, they're going to give him as many weapons as possible there. So they needed to get to get in front of them, uh, and then you kind of get into into no man's land, don't you? Where you, the, the wide receivers and stuff, the best players will start to go. If if like you know, if um, Jerry Jones gets his hands on another playmaker, then <laughs> that that could be uh, even more pain for you with your secondary. But <laughs> yeah, do you, do you know what I thought? I thought, but I know I know we're at ten, but I kind of thought, yeah, in random one random scenario, like probably one that's one got one in a hundred chance of happening. If Carl Pitts fell to ten, right? And and, and uh, Dallas are picking. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be against it. I know I've always. I'm a hashtag always jarring. But Jesus Christ, do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. it's with everybody. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And uh, he's <laughs> just put, put him on defense as well. Saw it. Um. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. With when with where there's any trade or there's any players or picks going moving about, there's always going to be winners and losers. So Steve, we'll come to you uh, for a winner. Who who's your kind of winner out of all of this? Um. I'd say Jalen Hurts. Is is an obvious winner. I think that that obviously the Eagles. There was there was some noise from the from some source in the NFL that the Eagles wanted to move up to three themselves to try and take a shot at Zach Wilson. But I think they believe that the Jets are taking him. Um, and with George Douglas being the GM in New York, um, obviously came from Philadelphia, they probably have a good inclination that that's what they're going to do. And I think all roads point to that. So if they couldn't get him, it sounds like they were just happy to move back because they couldn't get their guy. Um, so that then tells me that Jalen Hurts, or at least they think he's the guy, at least for 2021, um, which gives him a chance to to, to make his name and, and, and make a claim for, for that jersey. I don't know how well he's going to do with that um, sort of Philadelphia team that's got a lot of holes in a lot of places. Um, if the offensive line can stay healthy, you know, when all the guys are there, which which hasn't happened much in the last couple of years, um, it is a top offensive line, but they've just been so hurt. So, yeah, I think he's definitely a winner um, uh, from this um, in terms of uh, a loser. Um, I would probably say um, one of the one of the teams, one of the quarterback hungry teams towards the back of the top ten. So maybe Carolina or maybe even Denver. Um, who who Andy said, and I I agree with Andy. I think that, that I was expecting one of those two to jump up. I didn't think it would be San Francisco because of how much it costs to get from twelve to three, as San Francisco proved, and that sort of set the bar now that if any team wants to jump in, and again, sort of Miami again have put themselves right back in a position because if if say three quarterbacks go and then Atlanta take a non-quarterback player and then the Bengals take either Chase or Sewell like most people think they will uh, Miami could be sitting at six and then any, all it takes is one team to really really fall in love with say Trey Lance or Justin Fields or, or even Mac Jones dare we say you know and then all of a sudden that could be a Carolina or, or a Denver or even like a New England trading up with them again and they could even stock even more picks you know so yeah there's some definite definite winners from this trade for sure 
Mm, yeah, absolutely. And like I say, just part part of that. Um, yeah, but winner winner for me. Um, like I say, if, if Atlanta want the, if they want to, uh, if they want to trade back, then they say they they will get a decent decent haul for that. But I think the 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 winner for for me is the the quarterback that San Francisco select. Uh, not only because obviously they've traded up, it's how early they've traded up, and they you know it's to, yeah, it's to say you know we've we've traded up before you know anyone else had the chance to because we want you now. I, I hope I really hope it's not Matt Jones and the look on Kyle Shanahan's the look on Kyle Shanahan's face on their on their waiver throws absolutely uh, absolute gold, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, I, I think it will give the, the the quarterback coming in a lot of confidence. Obviously, that make, makes Jimmy G a big loser, um, which does not pay me to say one bit. But yeah, he might find somewhere else to go and play. And yeah, I don't obviously wish ill, Ill of anyone, but yeah, everyone knows my thoughts on Jimmy Garoppolo and the, and the 49ers, But but there we go. Um, and Andy, any uh, any winners and losers for? I suppose you consider Miami a winner because they're at six and, like you say, probably still get the guy they want. Yeah, I think Tua's the winner here, isn't he? It's clear that the Dolphins have moved back out of quarterback territory. Uh, that kind of puts a puts a stop to those kind of constant, is two of the guys sort of thing for now. So he's the winner for me. Um, he's going to get a, a kind of stacked offense, already added Will Fuller, a healthy Devonto Parker's uh, as good as any position receiver in the league on his day. And then you add in a kind of big name guy for, from the from the first few picks in the draft and, and Tua really wins there. And he's going to have a, a lot of weapons to play with him. And, you know, he has got to prove it next season that, that he's the guy. If, if Miami are picking in this sort of range again, then it's going to be a bit worrying. Obviously, for a 10 and 16, you expect them to be picking back end of the 20s this year if, if, if the kind of trajectory continues. In terms of a loser, I'm just going to say Colin Cowherd because he's been the one that's just peddling <laughs> this absolutely relentless toes crap sort of narrative for the last few weeks. So can't stand the guy. Uh, just back in your box, mate. It's, it was never going to happen. Uh, so, yeah, he can move on to, to, to telling me back more about Baker Mayfield and, and why he's a poor poor quarterback in the playoffs as well. There we go. I don't, don't know why anyone gives him the day, the day, the light of the day. But, any, but anyway, we shall we shall move on. Uh, one bit of good news that we've also had since we last spoke. Obviously, the NFL have announced that we will have a 17th game. Uh, no second bye week, though, which was quite surprising. I must admit that it's, um, yeah, so it essentially just moves the uh, the Super Bowl back a uh, week the day before. For, um, before Valentine's Day, so yeah, everyone can get their priorities right. Obviously, um, <laughs> uh, obviously, that means the the preseason will be reduced from the four games to three. Now, watch this preseason anyway. Uh, like I say, no, no extra bye week. Um, first day of the regular season, just for you in your notebooks, is the 9th of September, uh, and the last day of the regular season will be the 9th of January as well. So, um, Pro Bowl for anyone that cares, February the sixth, uh, and like I say, yeah, Super Bowl fifty six will be on February the thirteenth. It was it. So far stadium this year, isn't it? When the Cowboys beat the Chiefs, but um, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that really mind for this. Obviously, I've got the, uh, the the games there in in front of the ski- in screen. So they've done it obviously by divisions, and they they obviously. We'll do it uh, in a rotation uh, in terms of you know each the two divisions that get paired will play each other depending on the on finishing position. So uh, you can see on the screen there Green Bay, Kansas City um, yeah, is obviously because they've both finished first. But you've got NFC North at AFC West. You've got the NFC West at the AFC North, the NFC East at the AFC East, and the NFC South against the AFC South. Now I don't know how they drew it. I don't know if they did it out of a hat. I don't know if they just picked it and did the spinner wheel thing, or I don't know. But it doesn't really make any sense. So you'd think maybe, maybe to start off with it, they'd do the same the same compass direction, wouldn't you? But this is the NFL. Who, who, who knows? Um, but yeah, like I say, so Steve, obviously you can see all of them in front of you there. Anything? Yeah, obviously Green Bay, Kansas City is the obvious one that, that strikes out, and he's the one that NFL, you know. Twitter handles and all this, it's going to hammer home down our throats. But anything else there that strikes out for you? 
Uh, one thing I do know, I read about it, is that they are alternating which teams are at home every year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. FCs are all at home, and next year it'll be the NFC are all at home. So I know yeah. that they're doing that. Um, just quickly, I, I I was really shocked that they're not having a second bye week when I mm, found I was. Mm. It was confirmed yesterday. I was telling my housemate about it, and I was I was confident. I was saying, yeah, I reckon they'll probably put throw in a second bye week for everyone there because that's a lot of games. And then when it wasn't, I was like, oh. No, that's yeah. surprising. That's surely potentially even more injuries, a longer season for a lot of these guys. But mm. reducing the the uh, preseason to three games seems like a no brainer. No one, none of the starters play in preseason anyway, apart from you know maybe the odd fifteen minutes here and there. So yeah, I, I'm all about uh, reducing that. Um, but in terms of the games uh, that have been tacked on to the end of the season, I think uh, an obvious one that stands out is Arizona at Cleveland. Um, Arizona have obviously added a, a couple of big pieces in free agency. JJ Watt. Um, being, a, being a huge name and they're obviously all in on Kyler Murray and they think that this is their year to, to capitalise whilst he's still on his rookie contract and they can stack big money names around him um, and then Cleveland obviously you know going to the playoffs last year as, as Sean so proudly reminded us all for the first time in, in however many years it's been um, and even and even winning a playoff game as well you know was, was huge for them so I think they're going to potentially want to want to replicate that so that could be a big game with, with playoff uh, repercussions uh, as well yeah, I don't. I don't think it's. Um, I don't think it's necessarily going to be like the, the final game week of the season because that's obviously safe for divisional. So I don't know when these are going to be plonked around. Obviously, the schedule's not come out yet. I think it's it's May, isn't it, when they're going to release kind of the schedule? But I, I think as a whole, I think the NFC West at the AFC North uh, does does provide a few crackers. I mean, the one that struck out for me was was the Rams at Baltimore. Um, I think that would be that's going to be a great game with the the defenses, uh, the Rams defense going up against Lamar Jackson and in that that yeah that running game. Game, uh, but also you know Baltimore's um, Baltimore at home is always always a difficult proposition, and um, yeah they've had some they had some good games. Uh, there was it um, I can't remember was it MT MT and Bank MT I can't remember what the name of the, yeah. the, the stadium is now. Uh, what was the what's the oh the Jags is TIA isn't it. Yeah, that's what that's what I was getting confused with. But yeah, no, I, I think the the West, the NFC West versus the AFC North. Even though Seattle and Pittsburgh has a, has a decent chance of being a decent game as well, um, maybe for more from an, an uh, offensive standpoint, if uh, if they can keep Russell Wilson upright and not let let, let that defense through. But uh, Andy, any any um, any strikeout for you there? I was going to say the Rams at, at the Ravens, but I'll also pivot to um, to Washington at Buffalo. Actually, I think that would be a real test for for Josh Allen. We know he likes to get out of the pocket and run the ball, and he's going to have a, a huge uh, Washington front line uh, to to get past. So I think that would be a real defensive battle. I think it'd be a real interesting one. See if the uh, see if the football team secondary can hold up against Allen and, and the, the kind of deep threats on the Buffalo offense. But yeah, um, and just as a slight aside, it feels like this is going to be. 17-game season for a couple of years, maybe, and then it's definitely going to be an 18-game season, isn't it? Let's not lie; it's it's coming down the coming down the line very quickly. Mm. It yeah, does make how many games they slot in before that second bye week comes in, because surely once they've got to 18, any more than that, and the players will be clamouring for it. You know, the NFLPA will be definitely like, "We need a second bye week. No more games until we get one." Yeah, it might be worth it. Anyway, any bears out there it might be worth fading the teams that get the early bye week, like five uh, week five or six or something like that, because it's good. It's a big. Uh, back stretch there so it'd be interesting to see kind of how, you know the teams that do get the early bye week there the success or the uh, the percentage they actually get to the playoffs um obviously we saw you know Tampa Bay struggle before their bye week and then went 
perfect pretty much, didn't they? So when won the uh, won the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, let us know at full ten yards on Twitter. Well, you know, any particular games? I know everyone's clamoring to watch uh, Chicago at Las Vegas, but um, you know, we'll, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure even though Monday Night Football can can flex or is it something? Uh, yeah, I don't think they'll be knocking on the door anytime soon. So there we go. Um, but talking of divisions, obviously last season the NFC East uh, was um, belittled on, on a daily basis of being how how crap it was. And as you, as you can see on the graphic on the screen there, they only mustered 23 whole wins, uh, which is, whilst it's only four four less than the AFC South, which is probably a bit under the radar, actually, if you think about it. Uh, I thought it'd be quite a fun exercise just to have a look at, you know, go through the uh, the 2020 total wins for the division, maybe have a look at any you know, particular divisions. You know, can we, will the NFC East repeat or will we think something else? So obviously you have uh, AFC North uh, head and shoulders pretty much above the rest uh, with 38 wins. The NFC West 36, uh, AFC West with uh, Kansas City obviously with 34, NFC North 33, which I thought was looked quite, quite high a number when you think about the teams in that division. Um, AFC East 32, along with the NFC South and then AFC South 27, NFC East 23. So, uh, Andy, we'll come to you first. Which which division do you think will, uh, or yeah, do you think the NFC East will repeat or is there another division there that's lurking that's going to be really bad next season? No, I think that the AFC South is is set to be that that NAF division next year. I think the Jags in year one of the rebuild, um, I genuinely think if they, when they've got Lawrence on board and some good weapons, they, they, they'll get better, but it won't won't happen overnight, uh, especially with like a college coach coming into into the NFL. I think the 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 the, the Texans are trash. <laughs> if they haven't got Deshaun Watson, it could be a, a one and a one and sixteen or zero and seventeen sort of season for them. Some of the the roster moves they've made just scream: give me a first round, give me the first overall pick next year. Um, the Titans have lost two sneaky good weapons for, uh, for for Ryan Tannehill and two that he relied on a lot: Johnny Smith in the red zone and. and um, Corey Davis on the outside, kind of really taking the, the, the taking advantage of the double teams that you see on AJ Brown every week. So I think they they might be a candidate to to kind of regress next year. And the Colts are just a question mark, aren't they? With Wentz, if we get um, if we get Wentz in his prime, as Steve will know, then it, they'll walk the uh, walk the division easily and, and come out the, as a as a solid playoff team. But what happens if he's just like he was last year? It's mm. going to be uh, it's not going to be that that pleasant to watch, is it? No, uh, I said before you before you joined the room. Actually, before we recorded, I, I, I went AFC South, so I totally agree. Steve, you've got a bit different though. What are you gone for? Yeah, I mean, it, it, you could always say the NFC East again, I, but I think that the maybe not the Eagles, but I think the other three teams have definitely improved in free agency and, and will do in the draft as well. So I think those three could have all got a chance of having a positive record. Um, but I think a sort of sleeper candidate could be the NFC North because although, yes, the Green Bay Packers will pad out the division and they'll probably get their standards of 12, 13, maybe even 14 wins, the Lions are going to be a dumpster fire because... You know, who knows what they want, what they like in Jared Goff. They've lost a few players um, and they've got a new coaching staff coming in. Um, uh, the Vikings are on a, are on a downward trend. Um, Kirk Cousins is coming towards the end of his deal. He's also getting older. Um, they've just lost Carl Rudolph. Um, 
uh, as well as some other big names. I think they're on a downward trend. And then the Bears are the Bears. You know, they've just given Andy Dalton. <laughs> QB1. He, he's the QB1. He won't tell you any different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and 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 so, you know, they could they could win 10 games or they could lose 16. You know, you never really know what's happening in Chicago. So, yeah, I think if, yeah, probably the other three teams are probably a mass enough wins to push them out of the bottom spot. But I think they'll be, they'll be there or thereabouts for sure. At the end zone, Ed Sheeran. Um, okay, cool. Well, we will have to obviously wait 12, well, not 12 months, but nine months to see how that all kind of plays out. Let us know your thoughts on Twitter. Uh, and then just before we round off then, guys, I suppose, um, you know, on this side of the pond, one of the biggest points, uh, talking points of the, of the week is the uh, stepping down of of Alistair Kirkwood uh, from his role with, with NFL UK. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to put his, uh, his achievements on the screen there just to kind of, you know, he's been with, with the... Uh, with NFL UK for what the best part of 20 years or even more. And do you think, you know, 20 years ago, NFL in this country and now look at where it is now. I mean, it's absolute night and day. Um, you know, I mean, it didn't start off on the greatest foot when we saw Miami and uh, New York Giants step foot at Wembley, but uh, especially with, uh, was it Chris Carson? Chris Carson a couple of days later against Croatia, but um, less said about that, the better. Um, but, you know, you, you look, at the, look at the good things that he's, he's done. Obviously, you know, first and foremost, brought those games to the NFL, uh, to, to Wembley and, you know, obviously Spurs and Twickenham and, and all the rest of it. And um, obviously announcements that, you know, it's likely going to be, you know, other, other locations yeah obviously not just um uh just in in london you know you could find one in scotland and you know obviously ireland as well would i'm sure would would love to host a game but you know you know you look at the amount of fans that, that are interested in the game the uptick in you know kind of viewership and like i say there he's achieved a record amount of tv viewership uh across you know, sky sports obviously being the main proprietors of that uh and then just a couple of things obviously with leg the legacy side of things is a cliche word and everyone loves to say it but you know the international player pathway program uh and of course the uh i don't know why i've got the outside in there but the nfl academy obviously down in uh, down in london uh it's obviously helped that get that off the ground and getting getting a couple of players including the old george reynolds and and, and whatnot um going over to starting to go over to uh the other side of the pond so um yeah first and foremost alistair thanks from you know from every nfl uk fan that's in this country for bringing it for you know bringing our the players that we love watching on telly week after week when the season's going um in front in front of our eyes and you know it's not just obviously just the game you know the, the tailgates while it's not a conventional american tailgate you know, you've still got a lot of entertainment before the game and you know you've some some games had you know pre pre-shows or halftime shows and all the rest of it as well but yeah just you know, great great job and as big nfl fans as the three of us are i know we thoroughly appreciate every step and every extra hour that you've worked to get it to where the game is so hopefully the the new person that's stepping into the shoes he's got big shoes to fill you know it's kind of ronald mcdonald sizes aren't they but um yeah, and again, I don't, I don't know if you guys want to say anything, particularly if you, I don't know if you've met Alistair or you've you had a conversation with him or, or anything. Andy, you, you're nodding your head there. Yeah, we interviewed him for the, for the Dolphins part actually just around the turn of the year and just a, like a really just humble kind of guy and just, you know, like completely undersold what he'd done for the sport in this country. So, yeah, fair play to him. I mean, he's, he's just like from... And the kind of early beginnings of it right the way through to the kind of bam off it is now. I mean, I, even when I got my season ticket for, for the games like six, five, six, seven years ago now, there, there wasn't like any demand for the for the tickets. You could kind of get the resale ones for 20, 30 quid in the, in the last couple of days, four games. And now, like, I mean, <laughs> we've all been on that, that, horrendous <laughs> yeah but um but like the, the the ticket crisis is crazy but that just speaks to the demand doesn't it it's absolutely insane now and, and it's all you know it's all on his shoulders for sure um 
I mean, just one kind of highlight I think you were going to ask us to touch on here. I mean, like mm-hmm. I, I remember back to that, that one of those first games at, at Twickenham, actually, when the, the Giants played the Rams and like that Landon Collins pick six, just unbelievable kind of play and so lucky to kind of see it in front of us unfold there. And it's just like, it's, it's, it, the, the, the downside of the NFL UK games is the kind of lack of understanding around you. I was on my feet, just like Landon Collins, what a play. These guys just like obviously these like rugby fans, <laughs> not a clue, not a clue. That's just like a routine thing that happens every week. And so yeah, um, that was a great memory and, and, and a really, really like you know what a legacy he's going to leave it in this country as well. Yeah, if I should say that, I was I was at that game and I I, I very nearly picked that as one of my moments. Obviously, I wanted to veer away from Dallas fans, but yeah, that was um, that's the one one game I actually took my wife to. I think the first game my wife went to, I, I dragged her as, along with as well. I lived in Twickenham at the time, so it wasn't that too long a walk home for me, and I could be I, I wasn't pissed, but I could have been if I wanted to. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll come to you, Steve, shortly in a second, but I, I might as well get mine out of the way. So you, my first game was the, the Chargers and the Saints. Um, I'll, I'll never forget the, the moment Drew Brees threw the ball through the back of the end zone to cost me a bet um <laughs> <laughs> but winning I had, a, I had a winning margin uh bet and it lost because the two point uh, changed the window but there we go um yeah it just a, the first experience of going to your first american football game you know the first tailgate i mean again it's not really a tailgate in, in the conventional sense of the word but uh, at the time you didn't know any better and you thought well like there's loads of stuff going on here there's loads of different bits going on and you know overpriced food and uh, long and, and and long queues. So even that's probably that's that's come quite a long way, I suppose, as well. Uh, and then uh, a non another non Cowboys one. Alan Hearns touchdown for the Jags against the Bills in the corner of the end zone was one of my favourite higher watch uh, plays to, to plays to watch as well. So Steve, I had over to you uh, for your favourite uh, international series game. Anything you want to say, for Alistair? Not the watches, yeah. but. I think I yeah I started watching the NFL back sort of when the Eagles went there to their first Super Bowl so about fifteen years ago now, and back then when I I remember when when I first started watching it, it was like a, a once a week Channel Four event I think it was maybe even Channel Five at the time, and and no one else had it and it was just like you know the American sport that was on late at night for all the sort of um, you know super fans and now you look at it now like you say it's like it's this behemoth that's got its own Sky Sports channel you know it's it's this massive massive game there's been talk of a of a franchise in London. Done for for the longest time, which although I don't think it will happen, it, it doesn't seem to want to go away with all the rumours and the fan the fan take up has been has been so good. And I think they've done they've done such a good job with interacting with the fans, and making it a, a, a sort of an experience and and explaining what it is and 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 making sure that it's inclusive. Like I've only been to one international series game. I went to the obviously the Eagles game about three years ago when they played the Jags and and just the. I think I saw a jersey from every team because everyone just goes because not just because they they Eagles or Jags fans but because they love the sport and it's a chance to see the NFL it's a chance to see the players and and, and this great sport that you otherwise wouldn't get the chance to see because not everyone can make it over to the states and catch a game for for the extortionate prices that it costs so yeah and I think that was it's it's become this such a huge spectacle in the UK and um if it could logistically work it'd be great for there to be a franchise here I don't know if there ever will be but um, you know, it shows how big it's gotten in the UK now that there's even talk of that, let alone, you know, it just having its own channel. So, yeah, I think it, the, the growth of the NFL in this country has been has been mesmerizing over the last 15 years. And I remember when Andy and I went to uni together, and I think the first year we were there, we went to a Super Bowl party in one of the lo- in one of the bars on campus. And there was like no one there, you know, a handful of, of sort of fans. And there was like no one there. And nowadays, you know, you can't move for places that do Super Bowl parties uh, there's one, I think there's one at the O2, isn't there, every year nowadays. So, like, you know, the, the, it's come on 
so much compared to where it was 10, 15 years ago. Mm. Um, but yeah, just, I mean, for me, my favorite, just seeing the Eagles. And at that time as well, they were Super Bowl champions. And that was a big draw as well to get the Super Bowl champions at, in, in London, in the UK. And, and they marketed it, marketed it as such as well. They had it, you know, come and see the Super Bowl champions play in, in London. So yeah, that was that was a real special moment for sure. <sighs> to be, be honest, Steve, you enjoyed having it in my face, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, Zach got a touchdown as well, and he is still an eagle. So, the Zachers' uh, weekly update is that he is still an eagle. So, there we go. Okay. Yeah, go, go, yeah, go find if you, if you create a burner account, then is is a seagull or something? Uh, is is Zach Zachers still an eagle? Yes. Yeah. There you go. Um, I'm yet. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yes, obviously, yeah, I'm a Dallas fan. You can see there with Steve Scher, he's, uh, he's an Eagles fan, and, uh, and Andy's obviously a Miami Dolphins fan as well. But obviously, yeah. Being in the UK, we have loads of sports that we that we like and follow. So I just thought get get to know us a little, a little bit better, uh, and just to get to know some other teams uh, and other sports that, that we follow. So um, Andy, I'll start with you. Um, other favourite sports outside of NFL is NFL. Is NFL your first uh, and only sport? Uh, your first love, or is it? Is, is there another sport that take, that takes the number one spot for you? And what what type of teams do you follow? I think our our, our football takes the the. the... Slightly. I mean, it's a love-hate relationship. I'm a, I'm a massive uh, Birmingham City fan. I live down the south coast now, but season ticket holder for years up at St Andrews. Um, we're absolutely crap <laughs> to keep it PC for the stream. But uh, um, it, that's that's just like, that's in my blood. It's obviously parents and uh, and all that sort of thing. It's a kind of long family tradition and it's kind of part of you. Know, it's part of you really, isn't it? And, uh, and I know Steve will say the same for, for the tune in a minute. But um, outside of that as well, I mean, American sports are my thing. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning fan. Uh, go uh, go across to Orlando quite a lot. The uh, the wife's a massive Disney fan, and, and I whisper it. Maybe I am as well. But um, the, the the chance to just drive over to, to Tampa and, and watch the the Lightning play. Really good team at the moment as well, and the atmosphere in the ice hockey games is actually like it's it's quite close to the NFL in terms of atmosphere. It's really good. Um, obviously, I'm a Florida State fan uh, in the college game as well, and do the college football podcast, and uh, and also like uh, went into my baseball um, Blue Jays fan, which is a bit different to my other teams, but um, but but looking forward to the start of that tomorrow, um, obviously against the against the Yankees. So yeah, I know Steve's a, a massive uh, baseball fan as well, mate. Yeah, yeah, I um, I think yeah, I think uh, I, I would agree with Andy that my first sport is probably football or soccer, as we're on an NFL podcast. Um, but it's it's grown closer over the years, I must say. Um, I'm a, I'm a big Newcastle fan, as you can probably tell from my accent. That's where I'm sort of from up, up in the northeast. Um, I went to my first game when I was seven years old and sat in the Gallagher and watched Newcastle stuff Spurs six one, which was always nice. Um, I, I don't think I've seen them win since. So <laughs> no. it's been it's been a long time since then and uh, obviously they're in the news an awful lot at the moment for potentially some of the wrong reasons um, and 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 potentially some of the reasons that are out of our control but you know as, as fans what can we do um uh, yeah and on top of on top of uh, soccer as well i'm a, a, like i said a, a baseball fan a red Sox fan um i worked at a, a kids summer camp over in the states in massachusetts for five summers so um i've got an affinity to sort of uh, boston and uh, at the time i wasn't a baseball fan i've never really watched it so i picked up a red Sox sort of jersey and, and and here we are and i saw i went to see them at the london series last year as well which was great and it was also about three thousand degrees as well so i bought a crisp that day and yeah and i think in others i'm a, a college when I can watch it, LSU. But again, the, the time, it's not really on UK TV and the timings are always difficult sometimes to catch that. But yeah, they're probably my main main four. And yeah, excited yeah. to 
excited to get the MLB yeah. back up and running on a full full season tomorrow as well, full 162 game season, which is really good after the shortened season last year. Oh, it's, I can't get a board baseball. I think it's a tosh. But do you know what? Do you, know what? <laughs> you were saying you're a Red Sox fan now. I really wanted you to say that you picked up a, 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 a you said it, you picked up a Red Sox jersey. I just really wanted you to say I picked up a pair of Red Sox. Just wore them. Or like, <laughs> I, I, there must be there must be a Red Sox fan out there. Is it is it Red Sox? I don't even, don't know base, baseball. Chicago. Chicago yeah, Red Sox. Yeah. Yes, come on. Um, <laughs> I just want to yeah, go to Chicago and just see see if someone will answer saying the reason they support the Red Sox is because they like Red Sox or, or, or it's just saying white, white Sox and they, they do White Sox as well don't they but um, yeah no, for me NFL by far uh, by far and away number one sport it's all I live live and live breathe it and drink it and eat it and sleep it I don't know I don't wear, anything you can do to it I've done it um, I was a big so- was a big soccer fan I'm, I'm getting a bit more back into soccer uh, I just think it's Load of prima donnas running around, really. But um, yeah, back in the days prior to the to Premier League, I was a United fan, Man United fan, Cockney Red. Um, and it was actually the the Eric Cantona transfer from Leeds that that swayed my that swayed my allegiance to to United. So uh, that's a bit about why I'm a Man United fan, not the uh, the glory days. Although I actually prefer Man United in the days of the, the how they are now, where they're not they're not the best team. I, I don't don't like all this glory stuff. Um, yeah, obviously being a Dallas Cowboys fan, that, that's reverts the type, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> but yeah, apart from apart from that, I'm not really a big sport. I'm not really any other big sports because NFL just takes up so much of my time. I used to love darts. Uh, I used to play darts quite quite a bit as well. I was, I was quite handy at point as well. But, um, I was a massive James Wade fan. Loved James Wade. Uh, unhealthy relationship with James Wade. Of, one way, of course. Um, yeah, it, was, <laughs> <laughs> it was a... Yeah, although saying that, I, when I worked for Coral years ago, we did a pro-am and I played... I played in the doubles with him. He was my partner, and he gave me his darts after because he played he played crap and lost lost us the doubles. So um, <laughs> there is that there is that story to tell as well. But um, yeah, so yeah, I was a big darts fan. But yeah, apart from NFL, like it's literally ninety five percent darts and then forty five percent everything else. So so there we go. Um, yeah. So there you go. There's a bit more about us. That's going to do it for today's podcast. Nice 40 minutes there. Uh, so if you want to get in contact with us at Full 10 Yards on Twitter, uh, don't forget to check out our... Let me get the advert up for the people that are watching it on the YouTube or wherever else you are watching. Um, no, that's the wrong one. Um, yeah, Andy has been part of the college team that has been doing the NFL uh, Scout Reports Guide. Go and give it a, go and give it a, a, a purchase on full10yards.com forward slash shop. Uh, 240 players plus um, all scouted and yeah, loads of really good feedback and for every 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 copy that is, is sold you will help uh help our, our mission of getting people uh qualified in coaching getting some officials on the field in this country uh, as part of our you know our drivers make it official scheme you know we want to help grow this this game in the country it's, it's a bit behind our european counterparts and considering you know we do get the games it's just you know we need to get more people involved get more people get the get the, the standards up get the levels up and by purchasing the guide 5.99 for the digital copy and the the physical copy which should be heading to the printers very imminently indeed and be with you sort of thinking the second week of april 1199 as well with a free digital copy with that but so yeah very good i've i've, I've proofread it proofread it a number of a number of times for for whatever and it's yeah, really good really comprehensive and like i say haven't heard one bad word about it yet so go and give that a go and give that a purchase if you can do so but that's going to wrap it up for the podcast thank you to steve and andy uh, for joining me uh, i hope we'll be back next week hopefully sean will be back in the driving seat uh oh, i don't think i've done too a too bad a job myself so i'm going to um going to pause for time and try and find the outro music so that, <laughs> so that it's like i'm not making an absolute massive 
smash and butcher it, but uh, I found it now so we can get out of here. So uh, from Andy, from Steve, and from me, we'll see you later. Uh, hashtag for the game for Britball, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>